Welcome to Discussing Conscious Educated Consumerism. Why it's even a thing? We'll get to that. So what I have in my diffuser right now, my cousin Annie Jo just gave me this recipe today. She said I was craving the three of these. I put them in and oh my word, I have it running in multiple diffusers right now because I cannot get over how summery, springy, delicious it is. So it's four drops of lemon, four drops of spearmint, and four drops of rosemary. Oh my word, I feel like I'm just wandering outside in the garden right now. And then I'm going to actually make myself a drink whilst we're hanging out. So uh, here we go. So I've got a mason jar. I'm going to actually make what Young Living's recipe is called the tingling redhead. So I'm going to put in a drop of red shot. And if you don't have red shot, this is a really fun oil blend. It's the oils that Gary used to mix when he was the one running Club Red. They just made it into a blend. And then I'm going to add a drop of ginger vitality. Yum. And a drop of black pepper vitality. Yum. Black pepper does not taste like drinking pepper. I don't know why it's really good in coffee and stuff too. Drop of orange vitality and a drop of tangerine vitality. <laughs> Welcome, iPhone. Chat us your name so you know who you are. And then I'm going to take a nice cold Ningxia. Just took this out of the fridge. Then my shot. Okay, so this is the Tingling Redhead. I'm actually going to make it into a sidecar. That's why I have this. So I have a zing. Why, yes, I'm planning to make a or bake the quadruple batch of oatmeal cookie dough in my fridge right now. Why do you ask why I'm drinking a zing at six o'clock at night? And I'm putting just a little bit of sparkling cold water. All right, bottoms up, girls. That was freaking delicious. If I breathed on you right now, you'd get healthier. I'm not even kidding. Mm. That is so freaking good. <clears throat> okay. So conscious, conscious consumer. Oh, see, now I'm drunk. So conscious consumer. This is a thing now because there's so many unethical companies out there now. Why is there unethical companies? Because the law is liberal, which is great, but unethical people stretch it to the full extent of what's you know allowed on labels and things like that. Lots of sketchy things happen. For instance, if you go to the grocery store and you're like, I'm by frozen chicken, and you grab and this can happen with um, anything, really. It's all kinds of different things. Um, honey, produce, uh, olive oil, things like that. And it says it's a product of, we'll say product of the USA. That's what the label says because they've been allowed to say that on the label. But you could come into all kinds of issues like it might be grown in the USA. This is what happened with chicken all the time. Uh, grown in the USA, shipped overseas to China 
processed, shipped back to the USA. So the package says grown in the USA and you're like, wow, American made, local, that's good. Because people have, you know, kind of a bad reputation for some of the food coming out of China. Okay, then you might say, oh, look, this honey. Did you guys know it was actually made illegal to have honey coming from China because of all the contamination that was happening? So what happens is the honey is sent to uh, Venezuela, then it's sent to Spain, then it's sent to you know, somewhere else. So then by the time it gets here, it's a product of the last country it came out of. That's a total scam and that's totally allowed in the food industry. Uh, you could get something that is, you know, a product of Italy that <clears throat> has uh, olive oil is one of the biggest problems because um, olive oil, uh, there's, I don't know if you guys have heard of like, oil cartels or whatever, but it it's, can be diluted and cut very, like I, I would be shocked if the olive oil at Costco was like straight olive oil. I have no idea, I don't buy olive oil there, but I, I would be shocked. They say that you should be able to put olive oil in your mouth, swish it around, just like have a good flavor. Otherwise it's pretty much cut with canola oil. <laughs> so a lot is allowed and you have to be aware. It's freaking exhausting. When I started my journey into this world, it started with organic tomatoes. I wanted to find out why there was even organic tomatoes in the store. What was the difference? They looked worse than the conventional tomatoes. So I thought, well, why, why would I buy the organic ones? They look all wilty and nasty, right? So that was where I began my research. I started with a book. I was trying and trying to find the title of that book today for you guys. I cannot find the title, but it was a book um, about Mm, the horrible tomato industry. I don't know if you guys realize most of the tomatoes grown in the United States are grown in Florida and there's a ton of slavery involved. Yes, even on organic farms. Um, slavery, we're talking literally people in manacles at night. Like there's outright slavery involved and a lot of it is because, you know, people come in to the United States, no paperwork. And so then whoever they're working for has all the leverage over them because I can abuse you, but you're not going to the cops, are you? Because then you're going to get deported. So it's horrible that just layers of scams that happen. Um, and people say, <clears throat> I say all the time, you know, they're like, oh, why don't you just buy such and such at a, you know, Walmart, it's cheaper. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm an abolitionist. I'm anti-slavery. And they just look at me like, okay, I just, you should, you should, you know, I just lost. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'd rather not have tomatoes than have a tomato that like was me supporting slavery. So, um, what, does this mean that you have to be a millionaire to be a conscious consumer? No. Can, can confirm no. <laughs> um, for me, it meant not having a lot of things. Like we didn't even have sheets on our beds because I was like, well, you know, I only want organic ones and they're so expensive and blah, blah, blah. So we just had handmade quilts <laughs> spread out over the bed, which actually still just have quilts on the bed. But um, it, can, it, it can mean not having things in order to not just have like the cheap throwaway new things. The average American throws away about four, oh, I think it's about four pounds of trash a day. And that's absolutely astonishing to me and probably to most of you, but it's just astonishing because, you know, there's Starbucks cups and, um, you know, disposable dishes at work that people use, you know, toilet paper, feminine products, 
all kinds of stuff just adds up. Uh, containers, clamshells of organic biodynamic grown blueberries <laughs> that came in a plastic clamshell that then gets, you know, even if it goes in the recycle, it's still probably not actually getting recycled, as we now know. <laughs> it's horrible. Everything's awful. <laughs> so it, to research companies is kind of where my journey began in about 2009. And it was exhausting, I say, because every stone I interned, there was something else on the other side that just got greasier and grosser. Fast fashion. Um, you can go watch The True Cost on Amazon Prime, I believe. It's a documentary about fast fashion. It's horrible. It makes you never want to wear clothes again. And fast fashion is a relatively modern and new industry. You know, when you read older books, uh, which of course I do because of course I buy old books at used bookstores because that's blah, blah, blah. Right. So when you read older books, then you read about, Oh, I can't, I would never buy, you know, pre-made clothes. Oh, that's just so scandalous, you know? And now it's almost unheard of for people to be making their own clothes or having somebody uh, on Netflix too. Yeah. The conscious closet is such a good book. Um, thank you, Amelia. She said the true cost was amazing. Um, it is amazing. And what I was finding was that it was literally a full-time job to try to research companies, which stinks. Um, I would find a company like seventh generation that I thought was a good one and could buy the products from. And then bam, as soon as they started to gain a little bit of traction, they'd be bought out by the company that they were stealing market share from every freaking time. Myers clean day, bought out bio clean, bought out. All you freaking companies bought out as soon as they start to gain traction. Annie's Organics bought out, <laughs> right? If you look at the parent companies of these, these brands now, they've all been bought out by the company that they were stealing market share from. And what happens is the ingredients begin to slowly and subtly change. And it's not necessarily advertised. What I notice, and you have to really be freaking paying attention to this, is seventh generation packages or their labeling changed to say things like zero sulfates and um, like no parabens, okay? So pay attention if a package starts listing a lot of things it doesn't have, be really cognizant of what is in that package because a lot of times I could tell you, I, I can sell you a bottle of Coca-Cola and be like, no arsenic, no lead, no asbestos. You know what I mean? You're like, wow, none of those things are in it. And it's almost like it infers to you that that's kind of in other brands and that this is like a superior brand because it doesn't have any of those things. When really there's a crap ton of things that you can say. There's a lot of buzzwords that are well known that like BPA, Okay, no BPA. Well, surprise, surprise, BPA has been replaced with BPS, which shocker, shocker is worse than BPA. So you can, like, you can say a lot of things it doesn't have, and that's not really telling you what it does have. So I was starting to find that it was basically a full-time job, which nobody has the time for. That was when I started blogging on my old blog at the time. And now my blog is Farm and Hearth, but at the time it was this really long, stupid name. So, um, it, it was when I started blogging because I was like, well, I don't have kids. I have time to look this stuff up. So I'll just post whatever I find for other people to read. And that was good, but um, it really could have been like a full-time job. So 
uh, then I started learning about ingredients in, cause I started with food, you know, and then I started moving into, was Sabrina texting that name? It's so embarrassing. Dotalanecdotes.blogspot.com. I think it's still there. <laughs> oh my word. And I, um, all those horrible crappy recipes on there. So I, I then started, um, it was about when we moved to Virginia beach, I was pregnant and I was starting to learn that there was, I was like, Oh my word, you know, you need to buy organic clothes and Oh my word, shampoo and stuff like that. Everything, everything is awful. Everything in your house has chemicals. I was started getting overwhelmed. And I remember literally picking up shampoo in the bathroom being like, I'm not going to look at the back. I'm not going to look at the back. I'm not going to look at the back because I didn't want to know. Cause I knew once I looked, I was just going to be overwhelmed and I was already so overwhelmed. So for food, so for clothing, uh, we'll start with clothing. So for clothing, yeah, organic is better. Is everything we own organic? Absolutely not. You can also buy used clothes. You're not going to wash a gazillion times. They're not putting additional burden on, uh, you know, trash and things like that. We, we buy a lot of used clothes. We get a lot of used clothes. Probably any homeschooler with kids gets a lot of used clothes, but it's fabulous. But also, I have a friend who does really ethical sourcing and I think her store's online also. She's local here. Um, S-A-N-K-A-R-A, Sankara, like the Indian location or Sankara as she pronounces it like anglicized way. And she goes and meets with artists, you know, one-to-one. -one. And so we've gotten clothing from her and dishes and things like that. Um, also food. <laughs> Food is a really big one because it's a huge portion of most people's budgets. And even if you buy clothes like once a year, most people eat approximately every day. And food, I keep as local as possible. So we've just eliminated grocery stores completely from our life. And we just shop from the local farms. And what that means is you don't have a lot of normal stuff a lot of the time. You haven't had sugar in the house for ages because obviously there's no cane sugar forest around here or whatever fields. But I did just barter with someone for a bag of Costco cane sugar so I can make a giant batch of kombucha to barter with. <laughs> but uh, so I'm still getting things that are not local in that sense, getting the sugar. But, you know, just I, I could just use local honey. And I was thinking to myself, even as I bartered with before it, I was like, I could just make only June tea. Like there really is no need to buy things outside of my exact region, but I guess I figure if 98% of what we get is local. And part of the reason is because like I'm saying, when you're trying to track down the ethics and you know what I'm saying, all these company names that have been bought out and honest company, which is paying out millions of dollars for not being honest, kind of ironic and Johnson and Johnson and all these companies that are later being unearthed to have known all these evils about their products and not saying it. One of the best ways to accurately know and understand the ethics of the company you're buying from is to buy directly from the source. So that means, for instance, you're buying tomatoes from the guy who grew the tomatoes. See what I'm saying? Not you're buying tomatoes at the grocery store, which sourced them through us foods, which got them from a broker, which contracted with another, uh, like tomato cartel in Florida, 
which worked with individual farms, which parted out to even more individual farms, which may or may not be hiring slave labor. And you have no freaking way of finding out, not to mention the food is picked, you know, green and saturated and chemicals and, you know, gross stuff. So when you're buying as close as you can to local, you literally know exactly where your food is being sourced from. If you're in Virginia Beach, you're so lucky you get to go eat at Commune because they source everything in a couple hundred miles, which is, um, I will say, having been in many restaurants, kitchens, if a restaurant says that they have local food, that is just like saying, you know, shampoo has no sulfates, you know, because you can have local, what that usually means in a restaurant is um, if beets are available local for a cheap price, then we buy them local. Otherwise we just buy our beets from us foods. Whereas at a truly local restaurant, you will find the menu changes a lot and half the time stuff you want is not available, which is the only kind of restaurant I would really trust. Which is why when people ask us where they should go out to eat, I'm, I have nothing to say. <laughs> it's hard to find those places. Okay, so um, so for food, going as local as possible. We eat meat in our house, and I'm very well. Never buy meat at a grocery store. We're very very particular. We usually know the animals. We usually know the families as much as possible. Very rarely, a couple of exceptions. One is where I know a farmer who makes sausage, and we buy sausage from him. So like, I don't actually have never met those pigs, but. To us, it's important to know, acknowledge, and respect the source that basically provided this nutrition for our family. Um, eggs, you can often find local, which is a great thing if you're an egg eater, and milk, depending on your state, you can often find local and raw milk. In Washington State, you can sell raw milk off the shelves in grocery stores. In Virginia Beach, you have to do a cow share, which means you basically buy a portion of a cow and then you get that percentage of that cow's milk throughout the year. And um, in other states like North Carolina, it's just flat out illegal and typically, typically can only be sold for pets. And in North Carolina, they even tried to push to make it have to be dyed black, which is so freaking stupid. But hey, you can shoot up with heroin in the streets of Seattle and that's totally fine. So if you want to learn about food, there's obviously millions and millions of documentaries out there. Food Inc. is a good place to start, though, because this can be really overwhelming, but Food Inc. does give a pretty good um, overview, and it was actually where we started. So um, I'm adding, I'm including birth in the subject of con conscious consumerism because birth is a product that is marketed and sold, and it is important to understand that it's being marketed to you and that the um, methods of birth are being sold to you. Uh, you guys know that I personally have had three home births. Obviously, I'm a huge advocate of home births uh, for many reasons, but a good place to start if you want to learn about birth um, and the industry surrounding it is the business of being born. I think that's available on YouTube now. It was on Netflix before. It came down. It went back up. It was on Amazon Prime. It came down. It went back up. So maybe just check YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's there, but the business of being born you know, it's not like I'm saying I agree with every single thing in the movie, but they do give really good stats. And you can just take the stats and the numbers and, you know, make your own conclusions. You don't have to take their conclusions. And if you really like the movie, then um, Your Best Birth is a great book to read about. Um, just remember, everything involved in the birth world has, just like with food and the food industry um, and medication and the medication industry, it's all being marketed to you, you know, with your specific uh, fears in mind and your 
your soul a story. So um, <clears throat> for clothing, organic if you can, used if you can. Can you even imagine? I have, <laughs> this is like the living dream, okay? I have boxes of alpaca in my garage that somebody gave us and uh, washed and dried and now is ready to get spun. And I was like, oh, can I just build myself a loom that I can spin my own thread, weave my own cloth and make my own clothes? <laughs> Obviously that's not really realistic for like <laughs> any of us at this point. But if you're able to find somebody who's willing to, um, like my good friend, Colleen, uh, she came over the other night and I handed her a bunch of uh, like pants and things I thought with holes in it. She took them and patched them and fixed them up. I don't have that skill, but I'm happy to pay her to do that versus throwing the clothes away and buying new ones. So it kind of keeps us using those clothes for a while. And we do use our clothes until they're basically trashed. And the cooler thing about that is it's like trading skills. Like you'll have a skill that maybe she doesn't have that you can do yeah. for her and her family. Totally. Oh my word. It was so hard to get her to take the money. She kept putting it back on the counter. I was like, oh my word, you came, you picked the clothes up, you sewed them, you brought them back and delivered them. Like, at yeah. Least and it's like supporting people that we know yes, yes. Of i would rather spend stuff. as much money as it would cost for the new clothes having her fix them if i had to you know what i mean like the money's going anybody else watch the sound of music i'm obsessed with that movie but max detweiler let's keep all that lovely money in the family <laughs> like i'd rather the money goes into the economy of my friends and family than just out to you know target where it, it's mean where it's meaningless and okay so there's a lot of memes going around now regarding the food which is like after this thing is over i think it's so important that we all learn to shop local um from farms grow our own food and support american made and i'm like mm, that's the been saying now you see why <laughs> so we have not had any panic we've not stocked up on anything not even toilet paper. We've not stocked up on a single doggone thing. We've not rushed out and bought tons of anything. We've just done our normal farm trips and haven't stopped them. And just, you know, if one thing is gone, we buy something else. And I don't, I don't plan a menu. I just go see what they have. And then we eat that. Not that hard. I'm just kidding. It, it, and that, that that's disrespectful for me to say that's not that hard. If somebody's like, yes, but I'm not like cooking and recipes, but, uh, um, one of my notes is that above all conscious consumerism, the one thing that trumps everything is your own skills and your own abilities for self-sufficiency. And I don't necessarily mean growing your own food, but I mean self-sufficiency to the point of being able to, you know, um, sew your own pants, you know, or have the network of friends that can sew pants that you can then trade a yoga class for or something like that. So nothing trumps your um, skills and self-sufficiency. Okay, so iPhone is Claudia. Okay, hola. So uh, when I, so back to back to the uh, shampoo bottle. So I flipped over the shampoo bottle finally, and then the problem with that was I flipped over the shampoo bottle before I was prepared to do anything about it. I flipped over the shampoo bottle with no idea where to buy, um, you know, a replacement. And I actually went to Whole Foods with my baby 
you're cooking and listening. That's awesome, Claudia. I'm so proud. Uh, so I went to Whole Foods and I was like, you know, I'll buy the exp I'll buy I'll buy the expensive shampoo. I'll, I'll do that. You know, we don't have really any budget to speak of. This was early Navy days. You know, you don't make like anything in the Navy, but um. And they're like, oh, this is what you need to live on in that area? Okay, let's give you $10 less and see how you do. <laughs> let's force you to shop at a nasty commissary. Then they're twice hated each time. So um, <laughs> I got very frustrated. I was like, well, I pretty much have made my list of like bad ingredients and I'll go to Whole Foods because they really, they know their stuff. Like they have healthy stuff. I've seen their boxes. It's like two soy burger patties for $22 in the freezer section has got to be freaking healthy. So I started reading all the, um, packages, highly disappointed. There was, I ended up leaving with, no, there was nothing I could buy in the shampoo. I was frustrated. It might be different now. Honestly, I don't know. But when I look, I was like, I, I got very frustrated because here I was like committed all this time, was willing to spend, you know, $20 or whatever baby screaming in a freaking cart and I'm like can't even buy the shampoo so I ended up doing no shampoo so that means I use no shampoo no conditioner for about a year just water I didn't do baking soda or kombucha I wasn't that hippie yet I just used nothing literally nothing and your scalp goes through a detox it's rough go for a little while but Gary was deployed so who's gonna know right and I have if you want to do a detox like that, right now is a perfect time because yes. no one's going to going anywhere. It's a great time to do like a pit detox. What are your all, like all the things. You can smell bad. Not you can like work. Agree. No, it's coming off. <laughs> Plus, you go out to the store. If you wrap your head in a plastic bag, no one's going to say anything. <laughs> You're so right. It's me. just a hair mask, you know. <laughs> Okay, so I did no shampoo for a while. No nothing. It was great. I had lovely, luscious, curly hair. Best beachy waves I've ever had. <laughs> Killing you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I had these luscious curlies. Um, it was amazing. And um, around the, somewhere in the course of her hair, five minutes a day before showering, the scrub with water, it works. <laughs> I didn't see what you said, said. But that's basically what I was doing, Amelia. And, um, I was just like trying to cope with, you know, the hor horrors of not being able to find anything. I was like, oh, well, if I can't find clean shampoo, this is what I got. So then I was like making my own deodorant and you know how it is when you make your own deodorant. First you go through the pit detox, then you go through the pit rash, you know, <laughs> like all the fun. <laughs> it's a good time. But again, I lived on the beach. Gary was deployed. It, you know, it was probably the best time I could have done it. So I just lived in a bikini and who's going to say anything? And who cares if they say anything? I certainly know. So around this time, a couple months into all this craziness, um, one of my friends was posting on Facebook about Young Living, which obviously I use Young Living now. So, you know, <laughs> surprise, shocker. My friend was posting about Young Living and I was like, oh, essential oils. Yeah, I've heard of those as like lavender, tangerine, peppermint. Yep, that's, I have heard of all the essential oils. So she posted about a blend called Thieves, and she was like, my kid is coughing. I diffused Thieves in his bedroom. He was asleep, and he stopped when I started diffusing. So she unplugged the diffuser to take it out and started coughing again. So she's like, what? So she put it back in. She's like, he was asleep, so I can't open up his bro. So I was like, ooh, that sounds like a good little thing, mom thing to have. I don't know what a diffuser is, but I don't know what a kit is, but that sounds great. So she sent me her link, and it, like, camped out in my... <laughs> 
you know, Facebook Messenger for like a while. And then I finally clicked on it. it. Took me like two months, not even kidding. Finally clicked on it, ordered the kit, opened it up. I was like, what? There's so many oils. I had, I had it. I had me no idea. Lemon is an essential oil for that. So this was a great revelation. And then she sent me an email. She's like, oh, make sure you get on essential rewards, do 100 PV, you know, because then you can like, enroll people and I was like what does that mean I'm like make money <laughs> so uh, I got on essential rewards but I was like how am I gonna come up with like hundred dollars worth of oils like what am I like who uses this much first of all jokes on me okay jokes on me but um I started exploring in young living and I was like what they have shampoo they have conditioner they have deodorant they have every i was like just shocked i was like wow they have so many things and all oils with them this is just blowing my mind so what i started realizing was you know where usually a company puts in like a chemical for something they put in the oil and i was like this is genius plants right like the og so i started just kind of ordering things because all on er so i'd try different things every month and i was just i became delighted by the fact that i could start replacing the things that I was, I had basically given up on in my life. And oh my, I, I was very happy to let the handmade baking soda rash pit deodorant go. That was okay with me. I, I was using homemade deodorant for a long time and it was, it was fine to not make it anymore. And I was just so excited. And this is where I start. I, I had, st I started doing my research on young living. Cause I was like, so every other company has sold out every other company you start digging and you're like, oh, okay. You know, like something that you don't like. So I was like, let me just, let me do my homework on young living. So I started doing my homework. I, in fact, literally went to the farm and met Gary Young of the name Young Living and Mary Young of the name Young Living. I was like, let me just like, and the president, well, it wasn't the president at the time, but president now, Jared Turner. I was like, let me just like, mm, for sure, these people. So, so this is what's amazing. Greenwashing is the name of the game right now. All of, all of the groggy, we'll say groggy. So there's a sleep, there's groggy, and there's woke, okay? So groggy people are sold on buzzwords this fast, natural, healthy, local, um, American made, made in the USA, um, authentic, farm fresh, farm raised, free range, vegetarian. All these are buzzwords like, okay, vegetarian fed eggs or chickens. Sorry, have you ever heard of a dumber thing in your life? Where in the universe? Show me a vegetarian chicken is not natural. Okay. So <laughs> just blows my mind. Like chickens eat bugs. I'm not saying you have to eat a chicken or that you have to eat an egg, but chickens eat bugs. <laughs> like that's <laughs> okay. Chickens aren't like, you know, with little rakes growing grains like this. No. Okay. So um greenwashing has become the name of the game because print <laughs> is like shaking 
Okay, so so I'm a visual person. That was really that was a perfect visual for me. I'm like, I can imagine this right now. This is it's like a whole saga in my head of, of like chickens farming and having life and people coming you know in to their land or something. You know what? I'll make my chickens a little. I'm gonna make them a little rake. It's going down, and only you guys will get it. Everyone else is like, well, that was dumb. If I get nothing else tonight from that, I will just remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Uh, I produce such quality content. I'm so glad you guys are here. Okay, so greenwashing is the name of the game because a, a groggy kind of waking up person is going to pay more for something with no sulfates or BPA-free or, or whatever. They've heard that. They saw it on a blog. Gluten-free. Yeah, you can buy anything can be, you know, gluten-free water, right? So people will pay more for that. Organic. Did you know you can pay to use the word organic? You don't have to be organic. You can be mostly organic. And every year, the USDA organic label, the farmers, uh, farmers under that label push to expand the allowable chemical list that you can have and still be labeled as USDA organic. GMO free or the G GMO, what's pro GMO free project? Um, have you guys seen that independent researchers are taking these products from the GMO free project and they're finding, you know, 18, 20 different GMO plants in these products? Like <laughs> you can pay to have your food say anything and you can charge more for it. That's why it's worth it to pay for the chance to get to use that label because you can charge more because Sabrina's like, oh, I saw on that food babe blog that like organic is good, you know, so she pays for that label. And okay, hear me out. Food grown with pesticides is poison. The companies that produce those pesticides are felons. And I'm not saying this in the like hyperbole sense. I'm saying this in the literal sense that they have been tried and convicted in multiple countries over and over for felonies regarding selling products that their own studies have proven cause cancer and they continue to sell them. Your food is saturated in it. The children of the workers are born without arms, without legs, with missing eyeballs, no brains. It's horrible. These chemicals are awful. They're the scourge of the earth. They soak down into our groundwater. They come up in people's wells. They rain from the sky. Freaking glyphosate rains from the sky. So avoiding it, it's hard. Don't hear me saying that you shouldn't be buying organically grown produce. What I'm saying is that people use the label as a scam to rip you off. And the primary way to know and trust is to know and trust the farm it's coming from. That's harder, that's more work. But these lobbyists are banking on the fact that you are not going to take the time to do it. And that's why one thing at a time, lobbyists, and what I mean by the term lobbyists is, you know, the USDA meat industry, pork industry, uh, dairy, US dairy industry, they all have lobbyists who work in DC, whose job is to lobby, you know, Congress and people who are putting laws into place to make the laws more 
friendly. To, for instance, when the food pyramid first came out, uh, people like the grains lobbyists felt like they were not being represented enough. So they lobbied until they got the biggest slot. Okay. Y'all think this is about health. It's about money. Okay. It's about money. Have you ever wondered, has anybody ever said young living? God, isn't that a pyramid scheme? Let me tell you where the pyramid scheme. It's made out of freaking fake food. That's the pyramid scheme. There are so many people making money off of you not doing your own research. It's ridiculous. So uh, greenwashing means something has been labeled to sound better. I can sell something that says no hormones, all natural farm fresh. And that means nothing. That literally means nothing. Nothing. Try going to that farm. <laughs> Have you seen the videos of people trying to go to these farms with people literally putting their hands in the camera? No cameras, get the cameras out of here. And the secret cameras that workers and whistleblowers take of them, you know, violating animals and, you know, the terrible things that happen. And, and we can't escape it by not eating animal, animal products for every acre of plant product grown about 300 animals die because they're recklessly killing, you know, everything from mice to rabbits, to everything that lives out there. And there's just no care for animal life whatsoever. The only way is to start looking into ethical, smaller farms. It's really the only way to avoid it. Okay. That's, that's a challenge, but I think it's a challenge that you are up to and it doesn't have to be everything in one go. Good grief. Not everything in one go. Just like pick some, pick one thing. Like, okay, I'll buy vegetable. Uh, join a CSA. That's a great way. Join a CSA, community supported agriculture. You basically pay a lump sum up front. And then every week for a certain season throughout the year, you'll get a box from the farm of, you know, like a percentage of the produce, which is a fantastic way to get started. You'll get stuff you don't know what to do with, but that's what Google's for. Okay. Or DuckDuckGo. <laughs> censor my beat recipes. So when I started looking into greenwashing, then I was like, okay, everything about Young Living looks really great, but I know from experience, painful experience, that a company can make things look really good, and then it can be crap behind the scenes. So that's when I, I, I met with many of the corporate staff from Young Living. I've been to several of the farms multiple times, and I spent a lot of time with leaders in Young Living who are have been around for like since before Young Living was a name, before there was a label, okay? So Young Living has what they call seed to seal. The, the thing that blew me away about Young Living was with a company, the more I dig, the more uncomfortable I become. With Young Living, the more I dug, the prouder of the company I became and the more excited I was to share the product, okay? I think you should do your own research too. I, I don't think you need to take my word for anything that I'm saying here tonight. I don't believe in that. I think it's fine for you to do your own research. And I think it's fine for you to look into and question things about Young Living. I think that's totally fine. I think you should be allowed to question and ask something about any company. I don't think you should take even corporate's word for, for it. Go, go to the farm yourself if you, you know, have the chance. If you hit a certain rank in Young Living, silver or above, they'll start sending, they send you to a different farm every time you rank up. So, you know, hit ranks and they'll send you for free. So, um, one of the things I noticed about Young Living, I was telling you guys about the farms, like how they, you know, don't let you, no, no, no cameras. They don't let you go there. One thing I noticed about Young Living, when I started looking into essential oils, okay, essential oils are great for health and, you know, let me, 
you know, I, I do want to try to find ethical ones because there's a lot of plant product involved with um, an essential oil. So Young Living is the only company, the only oil company, and you might be thinking of, oh, but what about this oil company? I'll just tell you right now. It's the only oil company that you can go to the farms for. The only one. You can get on the phone and call them yourself. All the Young Living or all the other ones. Call them yourself. That's fine. Young Living, you can go to any farm. Usually they're closed on Sundays, but you can go to any farm at literally any time. They typically would love it if you call them a little bit in advance so that, you know, the nature of a farm is, is a field. And somebody might be like 40 acres back and they don't even know your car pulls up, you know, and they'd like to be able to walk up and greet you. But it's not even necessary, really. You can just drive up to the farm if you want to. But you can go to any one of their farms and feel free to bring a camera. I have taken pictures everywhere. Um, I have taken pictures. The only thing is usually warehouses, customer service centers, they don't want you to take too many pictures because there's privacy acts like people's Basically, you could take a picture in the warehouse, but somebody's address on a box could be visible. So there's actually laws protecting, like they're not, you're not able to take pictures in there, but you can still walk in there and look around. Um, you can walk into customer service and look around. But again, because of privacy laws, you know, somebody's data could be on a computer screen, who knows, or entering someone's credit card or something like, you can't take a picture in there. And that's totally understandable. But you can still walk around in there. You can talk to any employee. Every person I've ever met who works for Young Living has raved about it, which is, good to know and they're all like we love working for this company and even on the days at convention when people are working late and long and overtime they're like well, what we love is they pay us a ton of extra money to do this so it's great for us you know they're all like college kids and stuff so some of the things that young living does which you're going to be like oh doesn't every company do that no um no child labor child labor is not allowed under the seed to seal which is their um they, they say it's not a slogan, it's our calling. So seed to seal is kind of their stamp because organic doesn't really cut it. Wildcraft doesn't really cut it. So they just made their own basically seed to seal. And you can investigate anything Young Living says, back it up. You can hide a camera on their farm. <laughs> I don't care. So um, they have no child labor. And when I was at Gold Retreat, um, one of the stories that I heard somebody telling was uh, Matt French is our legal. And he goes out and visits the farms around the world just to kind of like constantly be checking make sure everything's up to code and blah 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 blah. and they have cameras in these fields i don't know if you guys know that just make sure everything's good but he went out to a farm um in one of the other countries and he saw he saw a child in the field and he was like why is, is that a child working and they're like no the child's not working but his parents both work here so you know he has to be here um because where is he gonna go so you have to understand, you know, some of these countries, it's not like here where there's like programs for daycare and stuff like that. Like some of these countries are subsistence, you know? So um, like even in some of the, even in some of the places like in Ecuador, people, you know, they're like literally gathering Palo Santo wood and delivering it to the farms, you know, just to make a couple, whatever the money is there. I have no idea. So what Young Living did, instead of being like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, according to Seed to Seal, we don't have a child laborer, so we are still on Seed to Seal. Young Living always takes things a step farther. You will almost never hear about these things Young Living does that takes it a step farther. You will find out the most by actually going. But what they did was they gave the farmer grant to build a school and hire a teacher so that any kids of these parents could be on location by their parents 
but still be getting an education, okay? Nor in seed to seal does it say that, you know, we'll give grants to farms to build schools, right? But it does say we won't have child labor. They always take it a step further, okay? Um, no underpaid labor. They don't, and no disenfranchising of local communities. Um, that's why we're in regions where nobody else is allowed, you know, to export, like the Ningxia province of China, where we export the Ningxia wolfberries. Nobody else is allowed to export those sacred frankincense in Oman. Nobody else is allowed to export that because of the dedication, that's the years of work that went into making sure that it um, enfranchised the, uh, the region and that it served the locals. Um, and if you're familiar with um, disenfranchising, you know, then you know that it could be somebody who comes in and basically strips out the local resources and the community is basically left destitute. Um, but Young Living doesn't work that way. Um, no destroying of local plants, flora and fauna. You might have heard about like the whole rosewood incident and stuff like that. With Spike Nard, what Young Living found was that one of our partner farms was being unethical. And so they processed, they actually had their lawyers um, basically create the paperwork and process the paperwork to report themselves and to stop harvesting rosewood and spikenard. You guys know that we don't have those anymore. Spike or rosewood has basically been decimated by the Gibson Guitar Company. Um, so it's now on, rosewood is on track to go extinct. You can't harvest it for 30 years. So even if Gary Young had planted a rosewood forest. The first day he started Young Living, it wouldn't even be ready for us to harvest yet. So that's why Valor was changed. And yeah, people complained about that. And yeah, people were mad that Valor was out of stock. And yeah, it cost Young Living millions of dollars to not have it in stock. But guess what? Every other oil company is still harvesting and selling rosewood. Guess what? It's still going extinct. So um, Young Living's dedicated. Yeah, people would say, well, Young Living doesn't sell rosewood, so I'm going to go to another company. Well, sex for you because you don't know about plants. <laughs> All right, Young Living's are also dedicated to returning nourishment to the soil. Uh, I don't know if you guys know there's vermiculture on every Young Living farm, organic composting. They use like up in like where we get like our Idaho blue spruce and stuff. They use those wood chips after distilling. They compress them into logs and use them to, you know, heat themselves up on the farms because <laughs> it's like 20 below zero on a warm day. <laughs> they use the hydrosol for the hot tubs. That's where I want. Um, they do, of course, the composting on the farms. I really want to go to the Ecuador farm. That's the next farm on my list to knock off. And, um, I want to see, because I know they basically grow a lot of the food that their staff and everybody out there eats. And Gary and Mary, or I guess Mary has a house out there and they, um, you know, everything is like zero waste, self-sufficiency little location. So it's, and when the oils that they produce, they do a lot of testing in-house and then it all goes out also to third-party testing, the same, same people that test for the FBI and the CIA, you know. So it's always the same quality. Claudia said that's cool. It's always the same quality or better, but it never dropped below their quality. And if even one constituent doesn't hit the maximum that Gary Young wants it to have, then it's used to spray down the fields or to, um, you know, treat plants for pests or it's sold to another oil company that you all have heard of. And that is one way you could know that your oils are always better because the ones that aren't as good are bought by somebody else who then sells them. So, um, 
<laughs> so the last thing I was going to say was that above all, remember, I'm just going to reiterate with the conscious consumerism, nothing trumps your own skills and your own self-sufficiency. And again, I don't just mean growing your own food, but being able to like make a list. Okay. I want to find someone who sells eggs. I want to find someone who sells milk. I want to find someone who, you know, sells, you know, veggies, whatever your list is, you know, make that list. Um, educate yourself. Documentary is a good place to start. Remember documentary is always super biased. So, you know, they're, they're a pitch about something, whether it's something you agree with or not, doesn't really matter, but they're always going to be biased. So it's always worthwhile doing your own research and nothing else gets as close to as buying directly from the source. So, um, eatwild.com is a fantastic website that's used all over the United States for finding um, produce and things like that. You can ask at your local farmer's market or just start getting into communities of people who know farms because you'll start hearing about farms. And the last thing I will close with is my cousin had told me, so she's, she and her husband own an amazing property up North and they have plans to build and farm and whatnot. And she said, you know, I would love to have a little farm stand and she does all the adorable things. Oh, so cute. She's, she's literally like a tiny Joanna Gaines. I can't handle it. So she's like, I want to do also all the little things and sell them on my farm stand. And you know, I just don't want to be competing with the farm stand on the road. And I was like, cause she loves the farm stand on the road. She loves the farm stand on the road. I was like, girl, you cannot be competing with the farm stand down the road. There should be farm stand on every freaking corner. Every single one of them should be sold out. If all of us were buying all we needed to eat from the farm stands, they would not even be able to support. Like as we have seen grocery stores sold out and now farm stands sold out like that, right? Like they can't even support the demand of like the leftovers from the grocery store. Okay. So we need more farm stands and we need the, 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 the gap between getting to, uh, you know, getting the farm stands sold, getting people from here to the farm stand is education. And the same thing's going to be with young living. Like what I found with young living was every single product in young living met and exceeded my personal standard for cleanliness. And I was like, I can buy anything I want. Like, you guys have no idea what a feeling that is. I've never had a company where I can literally buy anything from the company. I always have to pick and choose. Even Dr. Bronner's. I, I can't buy everything from Dr. Bronner's. Like, you know, the unscented baby Castile stuff is pretty much the only thing. So you, you still have to pick and choose from those companies. But I was just astonished and delighted that I could buy anything I wanted from Young Living. It felt like a kid in the candy store. So um, help educate people. Uh, being judgy is the greatest way to have nobody like you <laughs> and to be that person, that horrible person, which I hope I never am. Sometimes, you know, just sometimes you're like, how do people not see the light? You know, but you try. So uh, share with love, educate with love, um, compassion, help people understand, share recipes, simple things, hacks, whatever you can do, put it on your Instagram, put it on your Facebook do a zoom class on a recipe or something like that. I'll be there. I want to see it and enjoy your conscious consumerism. Right. So I hope that this was able to answer some questions and um, inspire uh, conscious buying.